Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chopper Piquino, your Jam That Champion, and I'm joined by my intangible co-host, your reigning defending Quizzlemania champion, the person I'm still very jealous of because I'm still not over Chicago or uh, Chicago yet. Tempest the wrestler. Hi, Tempest. I'm still not over Chicago either. I mm. like going to Chicago. I didn't like paying for Ubers in Chicago, but otherwise mm. everything else was very nice. Dude, I've been having to spend money on Ubers back and forth because we've been going to the office stuff. We've been moving equipment around and all that stuff. And you don't really want to take expensive equipment on public transport. And I don't have a car because cars are expensive. So even though I can drive, I have a license to drive. I just don't have a car right now. So I've been getting Ubers back and forth. 30 quid a pop, mate. They quit a pop on an Uber. Oof, it's not good. Let me tell you. That was my whole week in Chicago. Basically, gotta be yeah. honest. Yeah, it was all it was all like that. It takes like sixteen minutes for them to ever get to you. I don't yeah. know what that's about. Don't mm. know what that's about. You can get an Uber anywhere in Toronto at any time of day, and they'll be at your at your spot in like five minutes or less. Yeah. What's going on, Chicago? Yeah, figure it out. Yeah. What, what's what's going on, London? Anytime I try and get one, it's just like. It goes through, like, I literally had one that just got rejected because it went to too many drivers and they just kept cancelling on me. And it was like, wait, give me a ride. I'm paying you a lot of money. Do it. Yeah. Give me the thing. <laughs> it's fine. It's whatever. I'm not salty about it at all. I literally had to wait for about half an hour just for an Uber to show up because it went through too many drivers to start with. Then I had to reorder. <sighs> what a day. Not today. But what a day I had that one day that it was. Anyway. How you doing today, Tempest? In general, how you doing? Uh, in general, quite good. I'm going to a barbecue today, and Ooh. after after having spent a week eating just fast food in Chicago out of necessity, of course. I'm very much looking forward to going to a barbecue and eating just a lot of jerk chicken and, mm -hmm. and ribs and steak yeah. and whatever is put in front of me. I'm very very excited to eat it. Sounds delightful. I thought you were going to say, after just living on fast food, I'm really excited to like eat healthy again. I'm going to be having salads. I'm going to be, you know, need to need to cut back after I indulge myself in Chicago. None of that. D meat 
is what you're after. Eek. Oh no, Tempest is frozen. So I can hear you. I should be there back. There we go. And he's back. God. Christ almighty. Can you just move to London already so we can go record in the studio? For God's sake. Yeah, let me get on that. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Had, um, it's nice to have you back on the show, though. Obviously, we did NXT on, on Wednesday, but we had Datsun last week uh, for SmackDown, which Sorry was an interesting that. show. It went super off the rails. Uh, it was very fun. Because the, the the podcast bits that we're that we're doing now was basically just the Datsun catch up show uh, to find out what had been going on in, in Datsun's life. The main show itself just went all over the place because it was just Datsun queuing up pun after pun after pun after pun and just trying to shoehorn them all in into the show in various ways. Um, and then it was just me getting more and more frustrated with him for the whole show because he kept doing too many puns. It was a great time. Uh, you know, it was I I, I enjoyed myself, but. Not Tempest though, is he? So he's not. You know, he's sure not. No. (laughs) (laughs) And I know it's okay. We can we can blow him up again or something. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he seemed to walk it off fine the first time, so I'm sure we can do it again. Um, and I know you were on the uh the Friday podcast yesterday. You were on with uh Denise and Luke on the Friday show, and I feel like you've probably already told many or all of your Chicago stories. Is there one that you haven't told that you want to that you want to spill the beans about on this podcast? Yes, <gasps> perhaps perhaps we can do that in the outro after oh. we talk about this show. Oh, Tempest, you know how this game works. I love it. Thank you, mate. Let's talk about SmackDown and Rampage. Uh, where the first thing we're going to be talking about was this show was really good, like like really good. Well done, SmackDown. This was awesome. There was a lot that happened. A very noteworthy show. Lots of stuff happened. The Super SmackDown from Madison Square Garden. Lots to talk about. Let's get into it. Let's talk about it. First things first. We're just going to talk about the show as a whole. Because... It was really good. And obviously, they, they stacked this show. They had Brock Lesnar. Spoilers, they brought back Demon Finn Balor on this show. And the contract signing for Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. They had a SmackDown Tag Team title match. They had the storyline with Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns like go through the whole show. They stacked this show. And they did long matches. Edge versus Rollins, a rematch from SummerSlam. They stacked the show. Long wrestling matches on it. It's not going to be like this every week. But why can't it be? <laughs> there you go. That's the question I want to ask. Because this show was really, really good. Like, I was watching it and having a lot of fun, which is highly unusual for me and SmackDown these days. Um, I know a lot of people still really enjoy watching SmackDown. I don't particularly these days. I think it's average at best most times. Most of the time, bad. Um, but this show, I just, I found myself, I was like, I'm still capable of enjoying a WWE show. This is, this is, this is crazy. This is awesome. Um, so yeah, they, they the thing that really sold me on this show in particular was they gave the matches on this show so much time for all of them, which was amazing. It was so refreshing, and it, it allowed them to do stuff like you had a couple of like near fall finish sequences in a couple of the matches. Like you know, you had. Almost maybe a little bit too much because Dawkins kicked out of like a load of super kicks and a splash. It was like, ooh, should he be doing that? Rollins kicked out of a spear. It's like, ooh, should he be doing that? But 
regardless, super fun. It was really, really cool. Why don't they do this all the time? <laughs> That's a great question. And you say that they loaded up this show, which is the truth in the case of like Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. But there's no reason that they couldn't do this kind of show every week. Because mm-hmm. all they did was have fun matches that were given lots of time and giving you storyline moments that advanced the various narratives. There's no reason you couldn't do that every week. And they did a fantastic job this week for sure. But Mm -hmm. why can't you have like a long women's title match on the show in place of the tag title match? And then a long intercontinental title match that is given the place and time of this tag title tag title match. You can rotate the big matches through and that's what keeps it. I'm not advocating that they go and have Edge versus Seth Rollins on every single show, but have the roles of Seth Rollins and Edge be played by someone else next Mm -hmm. week and just have the top of the hour match be like 20 minutes long and really good. There's no reason that you can't do all of this stuff like every single week. And if they did, this would be a pretty good show every week. That's the part that like drives me nuts a little bit because like you see this is like, oh yeah, SmackDown can be great. Yeah. But it's a decision to not be great every week. Yeah. And (laughs) yeah. And it's not like this was stacked with main event caliber matches. It it had Edge versus Rollins, which is like main event caliber. And I'd say the match they had was pay-per-view worthy. I think it might Mm -hmm. even have been better than their SummerSlam encounter, in my humble opinion. I really, really enjoyed this match. And I Aside from that, they had the, the SmackDown tag team title match. But, like, the other thing was a throwaway house show 10-man tag match, which didn't really need to be on this show. It didn't really advance anything. They're doing it because they're at Madison Square Garden. That's why they love stacking MSG shows. That's what WWE does, because they like to have MSG be the spiritual home of, of WWE and all that jazz. So, aside from that Edge Rollins match, which you're not going to get every week... There isn't a reason why they can't have this caliber of match, uh, this caliber of show, sorry, every week. And then they can do special ones for MSG shows, which would have even more. So in, in the same kind of formula, again, I feel like we say this every single week, not to compare everything to AEW, but AEW, obviously, they only have four pay-per-views a year. So they need to have kind of the, the special shows that they do on their Dynamite episode and stuff. Like we've got the, the Grand Slam one coming up uh, in a couple weeks. So they have like the their special Dynamite episodes, and then they have the regular Dynamite episodes that are still very fun. But then you put all the big, like, main event, pay- basically a pay-per-view on TV uh, for these special episodes. Do that, WWE, because it's really good. Like, just, if you if you know you have the capabilities to put on this, this special a show, and you know they do because they promoted it as a Super SmackDown, so they knew they were stacking this, and they knew it was going to be a great show, they know how to book a great show because they did. So just keep doing that, <laughs> right? It's not that it's not that difficult, is it? I don't know. It's not. They have. The, they are capable of doing it. Mm. Yeah. Just do it again. I don't know, man. Just, just, just keep doing it. But regardless, there was a lot of stuff to enjoy on this show. There was a lot of like good storyline moments. Really fun. The the matches was the thing that sold me on this, was they got so much time, and the wrestlers got to wrestle, which is great. And the matches felt different. 
which is also great. Like you have variety in the wrestling as well. It's so so refreshing to see that from a from a SmackDown. And it was like um I got to a point where my uh a few of my friends in a group chat were in. They're gonna go to the um to the SmackDown episode in London. It's in a couple weeks. Or whatever it is. Next week. I don't know when it is. Um but they're going to go to that. And they were like, do you want to go? Originally, when they were booking, it, I was like, do you want to go? I was like, no, <laughs> I have no interest in going to see WWE. Not for work. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, and now it's got to the point where they're like showing the tickets. going like, oh, I can't wait for SmackDown after after last night's show. It was really good. And I'm like, I mean, now I kind of want to go, you know, like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm now missing out if I don't go with my mates kind of thing to watch the show. So they did. They did a very good job of, of making me a bit more interested to watch SmackDown again. I'm just hoping they can keep up this momentum now. They probably won't, but I'm mm, fingers crossed they can keep this momentum going because I feel like they've got something good with the Lesnar Reign story. They've got something good with Bala coming back as the demon. They've got good stuff with uh, Bianca and Becky. I think their story is really good. The integration of the Usos and the Street Profits is really good. Like they, they've got a lot of stuff to be interested in on their show right now. So I'm hoping they can keep that going. Yeah, I again have my fingers crossed about it. Like I don't think Brock Lesnar is going to be on this show every week, nor should he be really because he is a special attraction. But they've got things going for them right now in more than one case. You know, I'm intrigued by the Becky Lynch stuff. I thought she cut a good promo on this show. Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns love triangle is very intriguing. And there's a lot of different ways that could go. And I would be happy with all of them. So it's that kind of thing that makes me want to watch every single week to make sure I don't miss any key details in the story. That's how you book a long-term story, y'all. Like, it's not that hard. Just kind of string the fans along and give them little bits every week so they want to keep watching, but let them know that the big thing, there's going to be some turn where Paul Heyman chooses which one he's going to go with. That moment, you don't know when it's going to come. And you yeah. watch every week in case it's going to be that week. That's all you need to do, and it's great. Keep doing it. Yeah, exactly. Um, we will get into your Ultra Chats here in a second. There was something else I was going to mention, but I can't remember what it is because I got lost in my own train of thought. So I guess we'll circle back around to it later, if I remember. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So let's get into your ultra chats. Let's see what you guys thought. Uh, get in your ultra chats at wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Uh, and we'll go through all the ones that are five bucks and up by the time the show goes off the air. Bazo Banks says, uh, I was at SmackDown for my 19th birthday and I've never had more fun in my entire life. We were hot for everything, especially the tag match and Edge Rollins. Sucks there was no women's match because we really wanted Naomi, but we loved Bianca catching the contract. Yes, that was very cool. When Becky threw the contract to Bianca's face and she caught it. It's- it just feels like a very natural thing. It didn't feel like it was too like scripted. It was just gonna ah, screw you, and then she just caught it. It was like, hey, nice. And like they didn't hold on it for too long. It wasn't like, look at Bianca catching the contract. Oh, isn't that so cool? They they just let it happen. They let it breathe, and then they moved on. And everyone mm-hmm. goes, that was cool. Yeah, it was nice. Also, happy birthday, Basil Banks. Happy birthday, Basil Banks. Happy Christmas. Um, yes, we'll we'll. We'll talk a little bit after we've done these ultra chats before we get into the main review of the show. We'll talk a little bit about what got cut from this show because that was a big deal. Um, Charles Berg says, uh, if WWE could sh- uh, could do a show like this, I find it hard to believe they can't do it consistently. To me, this show this show is proof positive is positive proof is proof that they don't really put much effort into the product they put out because once they put some effort in, we get a fun show. Jam that jam. I agree. That covers it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much um, bang on the banana, as we were saying earlier. Um, yeah, so let's very quickly talk about, before we get into the main review of the show, we'll quickly talk about what got cut off from this show. Because there was supposed to be, reportedly, um, a uh, Kevin Owens Happy Corbin segment, which got cut due to time constraints. Fair enough. And there was also going to be a women's tag team match of Liv Morgan and Carmella versus... Um, Nope. Uh-huh. Liv, Liv, nope. Zelina Vega and Carmella versus Liv Morgan. And uh, I think PW Tour said it was going to be Tony Storm. And in Fightful Select, mm-hmm. it was going to be a partner. So probably Tony Storm. I mean, who else is it going to be realistically? Um, probably not Naomi, because that segment also got cut off this show. It was a, a segment with Naomi and Sonya Deville reportedly also got taken from the show. Now, 
it's that tag match being cut is pretty bad for a couple reasons. That's two weeks in a row that there's no women's wrestling on the show, which is bad in and of itself, just for representation purposes. It's important to have women's wrestling consistently um, to actually represent that that side of your your fan base. And also, it's especially egregious this time because this show was built around a tribute to 9-11. There, there were you know video packages throughout the show highlighting the the you know to to never forget and all that stuff because the 20th anniversary is it the 20th anniversary or is it just 20 years since it uh it's 20 years it's yeah. it's the it's the old wrestlemania 25 thing sure right regardless that is today is 20 years since it since it first happened so the, the show yesterday was kind of built around all these tribute packages and stuff like that and they decided to not have selena vega on the show despite selena vega being from new york and losing her father in 9-11. Like, that's a, that show was very important to her. She was hyping it up, being like, you know, how she can't wait to perform on this show as a tribute to her dad and stuff like that. And they cut the match from the card, which is, in my opinion, pretty terrible, especially when you have a throwaway 10-man tag match that didn't really serve any purpose apart from to get Trey, wherever his name was, on the show, which is a bit of crossover stuff, sure. But for something that just means something to one of your performers, it's very important kind of thing. Just have it on the show. Yeah, that would be my that would be my view anyway. Yeah, it's it's a my views on this are kind of all over the place. Like, yes, this is mm. a very lousy thing to have done to someone, especially given the circumstances. Yeah. That being said, who would have thought that this company that fired you over a twitch stream would treat you badly you know like yeah no it's, it's not news that wwe is bad yeah like it they're they're a bad company run by bad people you know like we've this has been proven time and time again so when you know that and you had a very public firing over all of this and then they do something bad to you again I don't have as much sympathy for you as I do with other people. That being said, it was still a very bad thing. And I'm sure she feels very, very rough yesterday when that was told to her. So don't do bad things to people. Yeah. And, and then don't, don't sign back with the company that, that does bad things to you. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like it was a bit of a last minute decision. Like Vega posted up pictures of her, like in the gear that she wanted to wear for the show mm -hmm. kind of thing. So presumably she was all ready to go. And then they said last minute, like, nope, scrapping that, uh, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but uh, before we get into the main show review as well, I didn't know where else to put this on the show. So I'm just going to do it here because I found probably my favorite comment I've ever seen on YouTube. So funny because we get, we get not nice comments all the time. It's YouTube. It happens. Right. And this actually wasn't even a comment directed at me. I just saw this on another thing. I'm not going to show the person's name, not going to show any of the other things that they said or who the, the comment is directed at. But I just wanted to show this because it's the my favorite way that someone has messed up saying wrestle talk. Oh, dear. Ever. It's so funny. They said, blah, 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 person that they directed the comment at. Plus your Kyling. <laughs> Wrestler talk. <laughs> Wrestler talk. Very good. Very good. It's your Kyling, so K I L I N G, wrestler as a word, talk. <laughs> like, like TikTok. Jesus. 
Now oh boy, that I could not stop laughing when I saw that. Goodness me, people love him. Anyway, let's get into uh, the review of the actual show. We'll whiz through this and then we'll talk about Rampage afterwards. So the show opened up with a video package. Remembering 9-11 it was genuinely really good. Um, got me like quite emotional afterwards. It was quite nice. But the actual main show itself opened up with Roman Reigns. Pat McAfee's back on commentary. The Bloodline all come out. And they just tell us, I'm pretty sure they announced this on Twitter beforehand as well. It's Reigns versus Balor Extreme Rules. But why, though? Reigns won <laughs> in the match that they had. Okay, sure, whatever. Um, rematch. Uh, and we also got confirmation. This bit, this bit wound me up so much. We got confirmation that it's going to be uh, Street Profits versus the Usos for the tag titles tonight. And Pat McAfee was putting over on commentary and it's like, yeah, they, they were successful in their championship contenders match, which is why championship contenders match is so important in uh, in this company. Uh, so now they've got their tag title match tonight. And I was like, wait, did they win their championship contenders? I, I literally cannot remember what happened. I was like, I don't remember them winning a contenders match to get in this match. And I thought back to last week. I literally had to go back on my notes from last week's show to look at it again. And I was like, oh no, they didn't win. The match was thrown out because Jimmy Uso started beating up Montez for too much. And then that was it. So if that, ca- okay. So either they didn't win and they just gave him a title match anyway, or it was a DQ win for the Street Profits, which makes the Usos look really dumb because they caused the DQ, which would then give him a title shot. Like, none of those options are good. And shock horror, they didn't play a recap of that championship contenders match because that wouldn't fit the narrative, would it? (laughs) (laughs) Just wound me up. They were like, Street Profits, you know, really important that they won that championship contenders match. It was like, guys, but they didn't. (laughs) Anyway, Reigns came out and did a promo, told MSG to acknowledge him, thought that was good. Crowd was super hot the whole night, which was awesome. Really like that. And Lumberjack Lesnar is here, comes out full, like, check shirt, ponytail, beard look he's got. It's awesome. Um, And he comes in and does, like, a little standoff with Reigns. And Paul Heyman just kind of comes up to the side and he says, of all the titles that we could go for together, me and you, Brooke, why does it have to be the universal title? And Brock kind of interrupts him and just says, I've got one question for you, Paul. Why didn't you tell Reigns I was going to be at SummerSlam? Everyone was like, oh, that's not good, Paul. Why didn't you tell Reigns? Reigns gets quite upset, just kind of stares at Paul like betrayed, like the heartbreak was all over his face. Leaves him in the ring. Him and the users just leave Paul Heyman alone. Heyman gets the microphone and he's just like, well, I guess... I'll do the Brock Lesnar intro. Starts off really shaky and goes back to the reigning, defending Brock Lesnar intro that he always used to do, um, which is very good. Like started off really shaky and then like got back into it with a bit of time and stuff like that, which is really good. And then uh, Lesnar comes around and he said, so before you get fired by Roman Reigns, I just got one thing to ask you, by the way, can you accept his challenge for me? He was like, what do you, I'm challenging for the universal title. I need you to accept it on his behalf before he fires you. I'm going to give you five seconds. Five, four, three, two, and then picks him up and goes for an F5. <laughs> Which was really good, but he doesn't get to hit it because Reigns and the Usos come back, come back in. Save Heyman. 
hitting a Superman punch and hitting some super kicks, but Lesnar doesn't go down, stands tall, hits some suplexes, stands tall to end the segment. A lot of fun. A yeah. lot of fun for this one. Really enjoyed this. I will I will say mm. my the one negative aspect of this that I will get out of the way early. I need them to hurry up the entrances for stuff yes. like this. Yes. It was it was ten minutes into the show and nothing had happened yet. It was mm-hmm. a video package and then two entrances, and it was ten minutes in. There's your time for a women's title match, y'all. Just start start it in the ring. Start Roman Reigns in the ring. You don't need to do the long entrance. Anyway, that aside, this segment was like just perfect. Like you're sowing descent into Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar, and you're not doing it with the big moments yet. It's just you're sowing the you're putting the seeds in there, and you're making things a little bit worse for Roman and Paul. And it's just ooh, so good. So good. And I've said this a lot where it seems they do their best work with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman when Roman Reigns doesn't have the big match at the pay-per-view and they can just focus on this. I don't know what it is. Like, it's like clockwork. Every time he's facing like a a B-tier foe at the pay-per-view, there's like, all right, let's focus on Roman and the, the Usos and Paul Heyman. And it's like the best television that they do all year. I don't know why they can't extend that over like the whole time, but when they do it, you get segments like this where it's just like, that was awesome. Makes me want to watch next week. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. It makes you want to come back and keep watching and backstage. Paul Heyman then says that Roman Reigns will answer Lesnar's challenge when he deems it appropriate. Um, It was another backstage segment later where he basically said that he'll do it after the tag match tonight. And then he does it later, but um, for now, he just says when he deems it appropriate. Uh, we then got the house show match, which was the 10-man tag match of uh, Nakamura, the Mysterios, Rick Boogs, and Big E versus Otis, Sami Zayn, Apollo Crews, and Ziggler and Rude. And Sami Zayn got some good heel heat here by bringing out Trey Young. Trey Young. And I, I tell you what, I don't often give the commentary props in WWE. I will give them props for explaining who Trey Young was so even I can understand who he was, why he was there, and why people didn't like him. Does a basketball. And more importantly, he does God's work eliminating the New York Knicks from the playoffs. God's work. All of the the great NBA stars of all time, the best ones are the ones that knock the New York Knicks out of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll stand by that. Reggie Miller, Akeem Olajuwon, Trey Young, best players of all time because they're doing God's work making sure that the New York Knicks fans aren't allowed to be happy. You could have said literally anyone. You could have literally just been like, Kazuchika Ricarda, great NBA player. <laughs> I'd have been like, yeah, I believe you. Like, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so Trey Young is out there being a heel, healing it up. Uh, he gets involved in the match, and the referee ejects him. Probably should have been a DQ, but referee was lenient and just said, out you go. And the crowd were like, hey, get rid of that guy. We don't like him. Should have teed him up. Mm-hmm. Lean into the basketball stuff. Be like, you? Gone. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have popped so big. That would have been pretty good. Uh, not that I would have understood because I don't sport too hard. But, you know, it would have been good for the basketball fans out there. Um, which is what this whole segment was based around. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he ejects Trey Young. Then they do the big spot where everyone hits the one big move, one after the other, that they always do for the big multi-man matches. This is good fun. Biggie wins with a big ending. Cool. That was fun. Okay. 
one slight gripe. I, I really enjoyed this match. House shows matches are always fun. They're stupid and over the top and nothing really matters and it's awesome. The one gripe I will have is that all form of storytelling that didn't involve Trey Young just kind of stopped in this match. Like the whole storyline with Dominic and Rey Mysterio, don't matter. Just pause it. They can work fine mm-hmm. together now for this match. Doesn't matter. Um, and like the whole Biggie and, and Corbin stuff, I guess that's done because Corbin's moved on to Kevin Owens. Um, Boogs being like the, the big dominant man in his like uh, matches that he's been having. That was kind of just stopped now for this match. It just everything just kind of went on pause for for this match, which is which is fine if you're doing like a house show match. But I don't know I just felt like they could have at least kept that plate spinning of Ray and Dom in particular because that's the story they've been telling as a proper weekly progression in the story. And this one was like, and now they can work fine again. Bit weird, but that's just me. Yeah, no, I I hear you. It was uh, it was a house show match. And house yeah. show matches, they don't do all that sort of thing. You know, it's yeah. just a house show match that ended up being on TV. That being said, I want a six, eight, ten man tag on every WWE show. These matches are so fun. You get as many people onto the show as possible. You give them all something to do, and it's a good match. Just do it every week. They're always fun. I love it. What's up, SP3? <laughs> hey, man. Um, Biggie then does a promo saying he could cash in at any time. He sure can. Good promo. I love this mm. promo. Biggie's Good. so great. So great. It is. It certainly is. Uh, speaking of good promos, we then had a contract signing between Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. Uh, Belair came out first and did a little promo. Really like what she had to say. I thought the content of uh, Belair's promo was really good here. Just being like, you know, I really respected Becky. And the one thing that I always liked about Becky is that she never ran from a fight. Since she's come back at SummerSlam, that's all she's done is running from fights. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're right, Bianca. She is running from fights. That is different from how she used to be. Huh. Um, which is really good. Um, she signs a contract. Becky Lynch comes out and looks like a proper knob. She looks so heelish in this one. Like sunglasses on, the big puffy coat. She looks terrible in a good way. Kind of like how the uh, how the Young Bucks and, all that, and Kenny get so much heat for just <laughs> looking terrible. Same thing with Becky here. It's literally just like, you look terrible. I love it. Uh, she comes out and she she goes full heel in this promo. I thought she did a really good job here of just being like, hey, I was sitting at home and you guys were chanting, we want Becky. And now you're going to side with the flash in the pan over me? I left my baby daughter at home to come back for you. And this is the thanks I get. It was a you people promo that made a lot of sense. It was a you people promo with actual substance in it. And it was legitimately how people are reacting to it now, which is good. So yeah. Um, she then essentially gets goaded into signing the contract. She initially, he'd just be like, what if I don't sign it? And they're like, what do you mean? You have to sign the thing. She was like, well, what if I don't? And I was like, that's some good heel work right there. I really like it. But she gets goaded into it. Um, the crowd started uh, chanting, um, sign it or whatever they were chanting at her, chanting at her to sign the contract. And, uh, she does it and then signs it and throws the contract in Bianca's face, but she catches it before it hits her face and just kind of glances off at her as she catches it, which was a cool little moment. It was a good segment. Really good segment. I thought the promos were very good. I'm excited for the match. I like the dynamic that these two have got. They're both right. It was good. Yeah, not very often do you get a you people promo that, like, works. Mm. You know, a lot of the time it's just, you people, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. Here, 
I felt like WWE fans as a whole right now, if they are going to boo Becky Lynch, I feel like they're almost booing because they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Like they've, they know that that's the direction they're going, so they're kind of leaning into it because Becky hasn't done a whole lot of heelish things yet. You know, she's avoided defending the title against Bianca a few times, but that's about it. So them booing her, she still has the the right to go out and say, like, you guys wanted me back. What more do you want from me? I showed up on, on zero notice and I beat the champion because I'm the best. And now you're going to boo me when I've left my daughter at home. I was like, not wrong. You know, She's right. You know, yeah, it, I thought this was just very good. And maybe, maybe promos like this will be another way for, for Becky to still end up as a baby face. Like she did the first time, but I liked st- I like stuff like this where you can see where the heel is coming from, and then they're still they're doing things wrong because they're doing things cowardly or mm-hmm. or underhanded or whatever. But you can understand the motivation behind it. And if I was getting booed and I was Becky Lynch having done all this, I'd be upset. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's good so, stuff. Yeah. It was all it was all very good stuff. Contract uh, contracts were signed. Matches made. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good match if they actually, you know, do it properly this time. <laughs> so should be good fun. Um, but then got a backstage segment where Paul Heyman is walking on his phone, just being like, "Yeah, I knew Brock was going to be at SummerSlam, but..." And then before he can finish finish his thought, in comes Shotzi and Knox on their tank and say, "Do you want a ride?" And then they drive off, and then Paul Heyman's like, "What is this? Some kind of taxi service?" And then turns around and it's Cater Braxton, and he. Says that Ray, you want an update? Reigns is going to answer tonight after the tag title match, and then he turns into Big E, and Big E's there, and he laughs at him again with the briefcase. There's a lot of things that didn't need to be here for this segment. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like a Quentin Tarantino movie or whatever, just long shot of like weird, unrelated things happening one after <laughs> yeah. the other. But. <laughs> I like it. I like anything that, that Big E does at this point, honestly. And I really like Paul Heyman just getting more and more fed up every time he sees Kayla. Yeah. That's fun to me. I love that. Their interactions are so fun, Paul and Kayla. I'm really enjoying the dynamic they've got. It's a lot yeah. of fun, a lot of fun. Um, after that, we then got re- a rematch from SummerSlam, Edge versus Rollins 2. And in my opinion... This was better than their SummerSlam match. I really enjoyed their SummerSlam match. I thought that match was probably match of the night for SummerSlam. This might be recency bias just right now, but my gut feeling is that I preferred this match to their SummerSlam match. Um, in terms of the pure match itself, like the spectacle and the event and like, you know, the big brood entrance that Edge did probably helped elevate that match a little bit more. But in terms of the actual just in-ring wrestling for this match, I feel like this one might have been better. Just because, good God, so much back and forth in this match. It was it wasn't your you know formulaic WWE match. There's got a ton of time, loads of like really interesting points in this match where uh, technically they botched a glam slam. Seth went for a glam slam and kind of dropped Edge a little bit, but made it kind of work and and went as part of the story. And he was like, "Oh no, we're not doing it this way," and kind of gets him back up and does another proper one. Uh, Edge hit a pedigree, which is really cool. Uh, Seth kicked out of a spear. What? Huh? Um, and 
And then the finish I thought was absolutely masterful. I thought it was so, so good. Edge was going to go uh, do some punches on like the turnbuckle. Uh, Seth grabs him, does a buckle bomb, and the commentary were like, oh, God, Edge's neck. That's not good for Edge. And he went down and just continually kept super kicking him in the face. He was like, Edge was on his knees, and he just kept super kicking him in the face again and again. And Edge kept getting back up and he kept super kicking him again and again and again. And so eventually he hits the stump, and the commentary was like, Hey guys, do you remember Edge's neck? This isn't great for Edge to take that move on his neck. And that's what the whole their build was into the SummerSlam match and all that stuff of like, I hit that stomp, I will end your career. So he kept doing that build up, hit the stomp, Seth wins. And then Edge does a stretcher job, goes out in an ambulance, and Seth is like, I know how to feel. Like, I, uh, I, how do you feel? How do I feel? I don't, uh, and then walks off. I was like, that was really fun. Like, I have my gripes with why the match is happening. Not a huge fan of the SummerSlam rematch so close to SummerSlam. And I don't know how I feel about Seth winning because now they've got one win apiece and it looks like Edge has been written off for a while. Are they going to have a third match? Don't know if I want to yes. see that just yet. They I, absolutely I are. I don't know when, I, but... I, I don't know, man. But like, I, I don't know. It was just the match itself was so much fun, though. All my all my minor gripes with the match existing or where it's going to go from here and all that stuff and the winner. The match itself was so awesome. Please do more stuff like this on regular TV shows and don't just save it for the big shows. So, so fun to watch. Man, shocker that Seth Rollins and Edge had another great match. Hey, man, the booking might have completely killed it, but they didn't. They chose to just let it breathe. Give him time. Yeah. Just let him have a match. Yeah, very, very easy to do also. Mm. But uh, very good stuff. I just, I love Edge. I love Edge. I love his performances. I love his matches. He's so great. And Seth Rollins is is incredible in his own right as well. And I agree that they, in theory, it's like 50-50. They've both won one. This is just how WWE books feuds. But at least in this case, they're adding additional significance to the story with this match. If Seth Rollins had just beat him, then mm-hmm. I would have been like, what was the point of any of this? But because they did the injury angle and the stretcher job and put Edge in the ambulance, it makes me interested to see a third match. And if they hadn't done that, I wouldn't have I'd, I wouldn't have cared to see this match a second time. Honestly, I would have liked them to just do the SummerSlam match and move on. But if, if you're going to do a second match, make the second match different, both in the ring and from a storyline perspective. And they did that. So I'm not going to complain about that. And it's just it's Seth Rollins and Edge. This is like this aside from like the Roman Reigns feud. This is the first time that Edge has gotten in there with a new star. And it's very exciting because this is what I wanted to see from his comeback. I didn't want to see him wrestle Randy Orton for a year. I I just didn't do it. I'd see I've seen Randy Orton and Edge wrestle in 2004, in 2007, in 2010, and now in 2020 and 2021. That's nuts. That's a lot. And that's not the direction I would have gone when Edge is coming back. I would have had Seth Rollins versus Edge at WrestleMania last year. Like, have that be the first match, because that's what I was really excited to see. So now that we're getting it, potentially for a third time, they've both been good so far. I'll watch a third. Yeah, to be fair, if they can change it up and make the story worthwhile for a third match, I'm sure it's going to be a good time to watch. Um, I just hope that they do that. I hope that they're not just doing, like, well, it's 1-1, so we have to do the third, and then they have a match, and then, I don't know, Edge wins, and they go, and he wins! 
because then it's just the same as the SummerSlam win. Because yeah. it's exactly the same. Now, story. now you can do it that Edge is looking for revenge mm-hmm. again for this injury. And I think that's more important than just like, well, you won one and I won one. Mm-hmm. Now we have to wrestle again. Yeah. Uh, backstage, we had Roman hyping up the Usos uh, ahead of their tag title match. And then as they leave uh, to go do their entrance of the match, he kind of brings Paul Heyman back and he says, Paul, I saved you. Why didn't you tell me Brock was going to be at SummerSlam? And Heyman doesn't have an answer. I love it. I love it. You don't need him to say anything. You don't need him to try and make up lies. He just he just accepts. He says, he, ju- he just doesn't know. He's so conflicted, Tempest. He's so conflicted. I love it. It's so subtle, and everything makes sense, and you understand everything. Like, there's no bit of this storyline that doesn't make sense and causes me to be drawn out my suspension to disbelief. That's why, like, all of this talk of, like, all oh, wrestling fans know what it is. The internet's ruined wrestling. There's no suspension of disbelief. You, if you just tell a good story like this, I'm hooked. And mm-hmm. I'm absolutely hooked by the Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman thing. Oh, it's so good. So good. Yeah. Then we got the main event of the Usos versus Street Profits for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And uh, this, I know some people didn't like the finish to this match. I've seen a little bit of discourse online being like, ugh, a DQ finish. And normally, I'd be with you. Finishing a main event on a DQ for a big show like this, that's not great. Do you know what is great? A DQ finish that makes sense. Oh my god, we don't get that all that often. This one actually checks out. Because this isn't just like, I don't know, Commander Aziz doing a Nigerian nail for the lols. Roman's character is that him and uh, the Usos, the bloodline being on top of SmackDown and running the show is the most important thing to him. Holding on to those championship belts is the most important thing to Roman. So him coming out to ringside during the match, he's already there. Chekhov's gone like that. And then he gets to a point where uh, they have really, by the way, match, so much fun. And then uh, they get to a a finishing point where uh, one of the Usos goes for a splash. Uh, Dawkins gets the knees up. And he, he collapses on, onto the mat on his back. Montez Ford immediately does a frog splash from the other corner onto, onto the Uso that's down from the from the double knees off their splash. And he's going to get the pinfall victory, but Reigns runs in, gets him in a guillotine choke, and chokes out Montez Ford for a DQ, uh, DQ win for the Profits. Love that finish. Like, it, to me, it makes so much sense. Makes me hate Roman. The character motivation makes so much sense. The match before it was all amazing. Like, this was great. I had no worries about this whatsoever. And that's unusual for me because I hate DQ finishes. But this one, it just made sense to me. It makes sense, but I also think it's still kind of lame. Like, I I think I would have preferred an interference behind the ref's back into a pin finish than a just straight-up DQ. Because I was going into this, and I was like, wow, this is the main event. Maybe the Street Profits are about to win the tag titles or something. Like, I, I was into it i thought that there was a chance we could see a title change here and they were going along and having a really good match and then the dq happened and i i still i know it makes sense given the storyline but even still i was like no why'd you do that you know i i just thought there was a better way to go off the air with like the best smackdown that we've seen maybe all year you know 
Well, there was still room for one more thing on this show. There was. Uh, which was the return of Demon Finn Balor. Uh, Reigns very quickly after the match got the mic and he was like, if Lesnar wants some, come get some. I'm going to be also Finn Balor. And I was like, wait, was that your answer to Lesnar? Reigns versus Lesnar confirmed? Was that, huh? Which for me was weird that they did not play that up as a big deal because that was what the whole show was built around was his response to Lesnar. Sure. Um, And he says, and he mentions Finn Balor and then lights go out. It's Finn Balor. Demon Finn Balor's back. He comes out, does a stare off against Reigns, and the commentary putting over it looks like it's going to be Demon Balor versus Reigns at Extreme Rules. Minor gripe commentary. Please stop talking over your cool moments. Just let the demon do his entrance before you start talking again. Thank you. Um, okay. Demon Balor looks cool. I like I like Demon Balor. He's very cool. Not a huge fan of Demon Balor coming back to presumably lose to Reigns at Extreme Rules. Be the first time that he loses on the main roster. Yeah. Only person that's been before is Samoa Joe in NXT. Uh, Not a huge fan of Unless Lesnar costs Reigns and Balor wins. I don't see that happening, though. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, no. Don't do that either. These are both bad bad choices. Um, Or the only other option I can see, which I saw someone say online... Have a repeat of WrestleMania 31. In comes Big E, you know, the heel that he is, and do the uh <laughs> do the, the heist of the century, part two, and make it so like Reigns still gets pinned though out of that. Not Demon Balor. Don't Keep like any of Balor these strong. None of them are good. None of them are good. Um so I'm not a huge fan. I like that Demon Balor's back. I'm not a huge fan of why he's been brought back. If he was brought, uh, what we said before, basically, if if they've been brought him back as his own character to go on a a conquest to get back to the top of the card to then challenge Reigns again as the Demon, that's a more interesting story than him coming back as the Demon, getting a title match immediately, and presumably losing. There you go. Yeah. It's 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 a difficult tightrope to walk with this one because I mean like now what do you do you I know that they haven't like pushed on TV that like when he's the demon he never loses but it's been a thing mm. you know like he wins has losses fought. matter yeah when the demon is out there wins and losses matter one way to do it I also don't really quite understand the rationale behind the demon coming back. Like maybe that gets explained next week, so I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt in that case. But it's like he hasn't been the demon for like two years, you know, yeah. and he's just doing it again. So mm-hmm. I would like there to be an explanation as to why why he yeah. feels like he needs to resort to putting on the face paint and everything again. And if we get that next week, then excellent, no complaints whatsoever. But I got my fingers crossed for an explanation. Yeah, and. Also, I mentioned this in my editing review as well. If you're going to bring back Demon Balor for Extreme Rules, why would you bring him back on this SmackDown? I would have thought to build the better moment, the debut of the, or the re-debut of the Demon should be at Extreme Rules. That's the first time you should see him. But you should tease the Demon coming back all the way up to Extreme Rules. So you know it's going to be Demon Balor versus Reigns at the show, but you just haven't seen the demon up till then. You save it for the big shows. Obviously, this was a big show. It's super SmackDown. But for something like the demon, it's the spectacle is the part of the, the character. So I would have thought that you would have wanted that spectacle at the pay-per-view when he's going to have his match rather than on a SmackDown to have a stare down. 
You don't do uh, a re a rehearsal of Undertaker's WrestleMania entrance before WrestleMania. Yeah. You just let people wait for the big cool thing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, well, we'll see. I'm I'm into it though. I love I love Finn Balor and I love the demon. You know, the demon helped me get back into wrestling when I was mm. kind of out of it years ago. So seeing it again will be very cool. And I'm very, you know, I'm happy to see you back. And they're going to have a really good match. It's going to be really cool. I'm, I'm still into it. Like, the demon comes out now. It's like, oh, let's go. Let's go. Also, before we move on, this is slightly unrelated. I do not care about Madison Square Garden. Me neither. No, don't care. Unless you have a short ramp like you did at the Royal Rumble 2008 and Royal Rumble 2000 and Survivor Series 2002, etc. Unless you do it like that, it's just a building. Mm -hmm. And you can tell me about the history and blah, 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 but when every building looks exactly the same, it doesn't matter to me. So next time, let's do the short ramp because it's different yeah. and it looks so cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That out there. If you want to do a big MSG show, make it feel different. Mm-hmm. Not just like by that. calling it Super SmackDown. Yeah, that's why that one episode of Raw in Madison Square Garden in 2009 felt so cool because it was different. You know, mm. when Randy Orton got uh, the boom drop through the the table by Kofi Kingston mm. and, and all yeah. that. Like, I still remember that show like vividly, absolutely vividly. And a large part of it was because it looked different. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's so simple to me. Just just I have no re no idea why they don't do it. Especially when but, it's like you have a tiny screen. You don't have to bring all this crazy extravagant, you know, setup for the, the normal stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, but regardless though, the show overall, I will say we've had our, you know, our our nitpicks with um certain things on the show or the direction where it's gonna go from here or whatever. But the main bulk of the show was wrestling. And the wrestling was really good. Really good. I could, for SmackDown standards, I couldn't rate this anything than a five out of five show. Like yeah. you, you got it, an right? easy five out of five show. Like yeah. an easy five at home run five out of five show. Absolutely, yeah, hundred uh, percent. The sentiment was not shared by our community tab uh, poll, unfortunately, uh, as the majority went for a four out of five show, forty four percent. Twenty six percent said a three out of five, and nineteen percent said a five out of five show. So definitely like veering upwards, but a a four was more um, uh, more popular than the 5 out of 5. Hey-ho. To each their own. I don't yeah. know what more you expect to see on a SmackDown show. I don't think it's going to get much better than this, I will say. Let's very quickly, before we get into the rest of your old chats, let's go through some Rampage, shall we? Because that's a show that also happened yesterday. Sure did. Rampage time. Um, which started off, as they as they tend to do these days, started off with the main event. <laughs> Literally, on all the Rampage episodes so far. It's like, Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage goes on first. CM Punk's Return to Wrestling goes on first. Uh, Pac versus Andrade goes on first. So do the main event first on this show, I guess. Um... But this was cool. This was a match that was supposed to be on All Out, which then got moved due to travel issues. And now we got Pac versus Andrade, Andrade El Idolo, I should say, uh, as the very first thing. And this show started off with both of them in the ring, ready to go. We're going to Rampage. It's Pac versus Andrade. Let's go. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, God. Match. Let's go. Um, 
And this was so much fun. So much fun. This match was so good. Both of them are such good wrestlers all the time. So consistently good, both of them. And I feel like Andrade in particular has lost a lot of his shine since yeah. like the NXT days. And obviously like the main roster didn't help with that. But I think he needed to like remind people how good of a wrestler he is. And this match really did that. Obviously, we know how great Pac is. We've seen him have great matches in AEW. We haven't seen that out of Andrade yet until this match. This match was like, oh, yeah, Andrade is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Awesome. Yeah. So much fun. So much back and forth in this match. So many cool spots. Didn't like the finish, but we'll talk about that in a minute. The rest of the match yeah. was great. The wrestling in this match was fantastic. And man, it makes me so sad that this wasn't on the all out card. I don't, I feel mm. like, I feel like if you put this on the all out card, somehow the rest of the card has to just like end up worse because the universe needs to balance it all out. You can't have that much good stuff on one show. But yeah. I am sad that I didn't get to see this match live. That mm. being said, what a match. These two are just, I mean, like you said, we know that they're both great, but the shine had worn off of Andrade a little bit since he, since he debuted, like his match with Matt Seidel was like, it was okay. It was not super impressive by any means. It wasn't the mm -hmm. great debut spectacle of this guy that was underutilized in WWE and needed to show that he could still go. He didn't really show that in that match. And then his match with Kenny Omega at Triple Mania also was like, You'd expect Andrade versus Kenny Omega to be like match of the year quality, and it just kind of wasn't. So yeah. after those two matches, it's kind of easy to go like, all right, well, show me why I should be excited about an Andrade match again. And then they had this match, and I was like, thank mm -hmm. you. There you go. That's <laughs> why. Yep. Got so much fun. But let's talk about the finish, because it fell very flat. You could tell from the crowd they didn't enjoy it either. And it was a bit naff so yeah. i forget the name of the lad the one Jose. guy thank you hops up on the ropes to cause a Ooh. distraction because he's uh, pat's got the brutalizer in and he's got a taser yeah like, a stun, like a stun gun where'd you get one of those what why do you have one of those also what were you hoping to achieve you're standing on the ropes yeah. anyway um referee goes over to be like why do you have a stun gun? Get off the ropes, you madman. In comes Chavo Guerrero with the iPad and smacks uh, Pac on the back with it. Back, and then Pac the and then and then Pac gets shot basically and sells it like he's dead. And then Andrade pins him and wins. And it's like That fell flat. Yeah. Bit lame. Uh, one, because it's a distraction finish, and that's not great for like a big match that you built up for, for ages that was going to be an all-out kind of thing. And also, I feel like the method they used for the distraction finish wasn't great, like hitting him with an iPad. It's like, that's barely a transition spot in a hardcore match. Like, why is that the thing that's finishing this match kind of thing? Like, I feel like if that had gone into a near-fall, that would have been a great near-fall. Or that going into Andrade gaining control, Hammerlock DDT, Andrade wins kind of thing. Maybe that could have also worked. But just iPad shot pin was like, really? That's what's yeah. going to have him win? Everything felt a little bit flat off, uh, from this. The fact it was a distraction and the means of the distraction was a bit off. And then afterwards, they tried to get some of the heat back with uh, Lucha Bros coming out. Uh, Andrade turns on Chavo afterwards after he realized that Chavo hit Pac with the, um, with the iPad. He just decks Chavo and is like, I'm done with you now and chucks the ipad at him because he wanted to win by himself i guess um 
And then Chavo's like, oh, what the hell, man? But then he stays with Jose, despite Jose having a stun gun and trying to cause an interference, which I also didn't understand. Because if you didn't like the interference, why are you okay with Jose's interference and not Chavo's? Sure. And then Lucha Bros come out. They double super kick Chavo, throw him in the ring, and then Pac holds a brutalizer for about seven years while the referees come out to try and break it up. And the crowd are like, okay. Everything felt a little bit flat after the finish. Yeah. It it was too quick to break up Andrade and Chavo. If you're going to do it, like, I, I don't really care about Chavo Guerrero being there in general. You know, it's just kind of like, yeah, okay, it's cool, I guess. But them breaking up wasn't then this, like, big emotional moment because I was just like, I just don't don't care that much. So that being, like, the comeuppance at the end of the segment, I wasn't really feeling it because you took away the finish of a really great match, which I would have, like, this was a five out of five match all the way through up to the finish and the finish was like so lame and the post-match was just kind of like so just blah that it brought it down significantly in my mind like this would have been like the second best match that i'd seen all week maybe up there for sure Mm. but nah just just lame you know and i get it they're both big stars and you don't want to beat either guy but that's that's the name of the game sometimes well, that's the thing. We criticize WWE all the time for being like, oh, you got two stars. You don't want to beat either of them. Then don't book the match. Yeah. Like that, it's a simple solution. Or you just have a clean winner. Like you just just have Andrade win or have Pac win, whatever. Like just have one of them win. It's fine. I promise it'll be fine. They can recover from that. You can build it into a story. Um, I, I, I like the story of someone helping Andrade without Andrade knowing and him being like, I wanted to win by myself. Thank you very much. Like, why are you running interference for me? But where it falls down for me is that Jose caused the interference, which he was fine with, and then Chavo caused the interference, which he wasn't fine with, and that it like the narrative dissonance was a bit off to me there. But um, anyway, that was the opening match. I ju- I haven't made notes, so you might need to lead here as to what we got next because it was the was it the interviews next or was it another match? I forget. Uh, the next one up was Darby Allen and Sting coming out to talk about uh, right. Tully Blanchard. Uh, Darby Allen <laughs> called uh, uh, Sean Spears a generic <laughs> piece of s word. He sure did. Bit bit harsh, and that was basically the whole promo. You yeah, know? He's, he's just like you're generic. Yep. All right, and then Sting oh. got on the mic and told uh, Tully Blanchard that he'd been running, uh, following the coattails of of the four horsemen for his entire career: Ric Flair and Arn Anderson, etc. And then Tully Blanchard came out, distracted Sting, and Sean hit uh, Darby Allen with the C four on the floor. That was the whole segment. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the time the mid card you know, of AEW, they kind of get through a pay-per-view and then kind of hit the shuffle button. It's like, let's give everyone a new dancing partner. And now it feels like we're going to get Sting and Darby and this kind of mid-card crew against the pinnacle for a while. And I'm not upset by that, but I'm just like, okay, so that's the new direction. And it's like, I just, I see it. It's very, very in your face when they do it this way sometimes where it's like, they've never interacted with the pinnacle before that. And now it's like, they're going with the pinnacle next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was fine. I wasn't a huge fan of Tully's promo. I'll be honest. Yeah. Like I, I like the idea of him doing the promo, which distracts sting. And then Sean gets a sneak attack from behind. I quite like the idea of that, but I feel like, and then like the, the promo didn't really have like that emphatic, like end line that it really needed it just kind of like hey you should watch me sting because now you that's when we take out your boy and then like that was it i was like 
Okay. Um, <laughs> punch that go home line, Tully. Yeah, it was it was fine. It wasn't great. Um, was it the interviews after that? I I genuinely I haven't made any notes. Uh, the, when you say interviews, well, which interviews? interviews that's that that's what they they hyped him as interviews, but it was just uh, video promos from Brian. I Daniels believe, and I believe the vignettes were next, and then the women's tag. That's right. Yes. So yeah. So we had video promos from Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. They were both great. Adam Cole is such a good promo. God, I've mentioned this on NXT podcast forever. Adam Cole is probably one of my favorite promos, maybe my favorite promo in the world. I just I buy every single word he says every time. He's so natural with everything he says. I love this man. Um, great promo. Just hypes up his appearances in AEW and just being like, dude, super elite's the best. Great faction. It's not just a family. It's a brotherhood of of um, people and all that stuff. It's great. Um, Brian Danielson just being like, look, I want to fight Kenny Omega. I know he's scared. Hey, if I don't get to fight Kenny, that's fine. I'll just kick out. I'll kill other people. I'm here to wrestle. Who wants to wrestle? I want to wrestle. Do you want to wrestle? Let's go. <laughs> that was like the whole promo. It was great. There's a certain level of guy in AEW now, and I think that CM Punk's one of them. I think that Christian's one of them. I think that Daniel Bryant, damn it, Brian Danielson is one of them. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. It's hard. It's been 10 years. Just Brian say Brian, and you'll be right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and those those three guys are examples of people to me that feel they don't feel like they're playing a character at any point. It feels like they just come out and they are them. Turned yeah. up to 10 for TV, but they're just them. And mm-hmm. Brian is maybe the biggest example of that to me, where I don't feel like he's coming out to be the yes man or do whatever whatever he had been doing in WWE for years and years before. He's just the American Dragon, best wrestler in the world. I want to prove I'm the best wrestler. Love that. I absolutely love that because it makes everything feel that much more real. And I got to be honest, I think these two guys, to me, are like the biggest acquisitions for the company. Because you can have all the people that are disgruntled with WWE. These are two guys that love the company and still left. And to mm-hmm. me, that speaks volumes about how much they want to be with AEW. It's a very good point. I haven't even really considered that. That's a very, very good point. Uh, but I'm excited for whatever they're going to do from here on out. So excited for the future of both of those in AEW, especially Adam Cole, because he's still 32. How? Crazy. I don't understand. I don't understand how that man is still so young. Whatever. Um, and then we got the uh, the trios women's tag match. Um, or the women's trios match, I guess I should call it. This is trios tag match doesn't make sense. Um, where it was uh, the babyface team of Ruby Soho, Riho, and Chris Statlander versus Britt Baker, Rebel, and uh, Jamie Hayter. Um, I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was Me really too. good fun. Uh, I thought that everyone got their chance to shine, as they should. Chris Statlander got to show off uh, um, her power. I thought that Jamie Hayter maybe looked a little bit more weak than she needed to, especially since she's just come back recently. I would have thought they would have wanted to protect her a little bit more. Um, but that's a very, very minor nitpick. I thought this was a very fun match. Everyone got the spots in. Ruby Soho gets the win. Good. Thumbs up from me. Yep, absolutely. I could have done without the stupid Riho kicking Rebel in the chest spot. <laughs> Because that just looked really odd. It was it was Rebel starting to get kicked and then walking mm-hmm. forward into the kicks that that drew yeah, me yeah, out yeah. of it. I was like, that's a dumb spot. And then they put yeah. it on Twitter and they were like, come watch this match. And I was like, this is not the spot to highlight this match. 
that yeah. that one moment out of the way. I loved the presentation of this. I think the finish made the most sense, you know, with Ruby beating up uh, the second in command to, to Britt Baker. That just makes all the sense in the world. I want more factions in the women's division because I said this on the Friday show a lot that you get so many people on AEW and in different matches because there are so many male factions in AEW. That way, everyone's got an alignment. Everyone, you have like a storyline reason why they can wrestle different people. And that gets more people on the show on a more regular basis. And we haven't had that in the women's division. And we've only really had that lately with Jamie Hayter, Rebel, and Britt Baker. And now, if you have a few more factions of just people interacting with each other, you can get them all on TV in one segment. And you can all have them wrestling matches, and they're all fresh matchups. More of that. Love it. Also. Ruby Soho song is awesome, but it gets stuck in my head for like days on end whenever whenever I hear it. And therefore is not awesome. Yeah, I feel you. Um, then after that, we got... Uh, was it the uh, the promos for the main event? Uh, yes, I believe so. Cool, which was... Uh, it was going to be Max Caster versus Brian Pillman Jr. They got uh, promos beforehand. And I don't know whether it was just me. Anthony Bowens just like stole Max Caster's promo segment. He's really yeah. good. <laughs> he just completely stole it away from him. Max Caster was doing fine. And Brian Pillman did like stereotypical like babyface. I'm in my hometown of Cincinnati and I'm going to come out all guns blazing. I'm going to get him at 100 miles an hour. Let's go. And then Anthony Bowens just comes in and just murders him. And it was like, you're not even in the match, mate. Calm down. <laughs> Jesus. It's it's Great. very it's very interesting to me because you can clearly tell like Max Caster is kind of like the star of the team. They're the ones that they they put him in the big matches and mm-hmm. he does the rap on the way to the ring and everything like that. And Anthony Bowens needs to like use these segments to get himself over the best he can, right? With I don't want to say limited opportunity, but less mm-hmm. of an opportunity than Max, and he's doing a very good job with that. Very good job. And yeah. also uh, people are pointing out in the chat that like I, I like Lars Fredrickson will not be pleased with Tempest. I nope. I love the song. It getting stuck in my head is not a criticism of the song. I I love that song. I've been listening to it all week. Rancid it's too and, catchy. Damn it! It's too catchy. Yeah. Oh, great um, song. Love Lars. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. Then they had the match of Max Caster versus Brian Pillman. This was a good match. It was pretty. Formulaic, you know, normal babyface stuff. He just kind of did his thing. He got worked over a little bit after some distractions and all that jazz. Uh, but then managed to come back, hit a springboard clothesline, and get the win in his hometown. What uh, a novel concept. Babyface winning in their hometown. Inconceivable. Crazy, right? I know. Um, and then afterwards, the acclaimed uh, gang up start beating down on Brian Pillman. Out comes also hometown boy, John Moxley, and uh, the two Cincinnatians. Uh, stand tall to end the show, and everyone goes wild thing to end the show. Uh, you make nice. my heart sing, yeah, yeah, so yeah, that was a fun end. That was a ni- nice little baby face moment, nothing too amazing on the show, aside from the, the pack Andrade match itself, aside from the finish. Um, yeah, it was, it was a, a decent show. I give it a three out of five for yeah. again for AEW standards, three out of five show, I'd say. That's the that's the thing. I would say it's, I think I gave it a three out of five in the edited review and it's like a high three out of five, maybe a low four, just based on like, there wasn't anything bad on the show. 
it just was kind of missable. You know, like yeah. if you didn't watch this show, the only thing you were really missing was the Andrade pack match. And if it didn't, if it didn't have the bad finish, I would have been like, yeah, this is a four out of five show. Watch the, watch the opening match. Absolutely. But the finish did bring that down in my eyes. Still a very fun show. I enjoyed mm-hmm. watching it. I just probably won't ever go back and watch it again. Before we get into the rest of your ultra chats, we've been very quickly go through and thank our $25 and above pledge hammers um, because they're awesome. I don't know where I went with with because um, <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to get this up at the same time. Uh, so yes, if you haven't become a pledge hammer yet on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk, you really should because we've got loads of cool stuff coming soon to the Patreon page. And also there's loads of bonus content and all the cool stuff. We've got WrestleTalk Extra. Uh, with uh, Ollie and Luke, which I can't remember whether that's gone live or not yet. Luke said he was editing yesterday, but I didn't check to see if it's actually gone live, so I'm going to check it right now. But regardless, it's a it's a Ring of Honor show they're doing for this month. Ooh. Yeah, it is wild. going to see if it's gone live. Ring of Honor. It's, it is live. It went live yesterday. Ring of Honor All-Star Extravaganza 8. Wild. What, what year um, was that? That's a good question. It was I'm gonna check this. The poll. Let me check it. Come on, Patreon, work with me. Uh it was 2016. Ooh, I think so that's 2016. The one Adam Cole won the won the title on that show. Potentially. Um yeah. the, the yeah, main I event pretty... was a, a, a ladder war match between um oh, the, the Motor Young... City Machine Guns, the uh, SCU yeah. and, and the Young Bucks. That is yeah. like one of the best ladder matches of all time. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous ladder yeah, match. Adam Cole, Mike and Elgin for uh, Mike Elgin for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Jay Lethal and Tetsuya Naito, Kyle O'Reilly and Hangman Page, and Bobby Fish and Donovan G- Dijak and more. Uh, so Ollie and Luke reviewed that show uh, for WrestleTalk Extra, which went live yesterday. That's at the five dollar tier. If you post at the twenty five dollar or above tier, then you get your own custom wrestling nickname, and it gets read out on a show much like this one. So thank you to Duncan, just Duncan. Whew. Thank you very much. Wrestle Talk Extra Poll Master, Lendell Brenson. Yes, thank you very much. My Immortal is my favorite song, Mashy. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. The Stunning Wesley Potter. Yeah. Thank you. Vincent Vega Garcia. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Wasting Away the Atrophy. Yes. Thank you. Yanni Zane Hamid. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. He is a family guy, Jeff Griffin. Yeah. Yes, thank you. The man who wears the gold, the man recognized by SWEF Nation International as the 24-7 champion, our legend. Yes, yeah. thank you. Jonathan, the headmaster, headman. Yes, thank you. They are Spartacus. Yeah. Yes, thank you. And spoke in class today, Jeremy Smith. Yay! Thank you very much, all of our pledge hammers. (laughs) 
Now let's very quickly, because we've already overrun on this show, let's go through your Ultra Chats. Tenraza says, uh, Smackdown was such a fun show, and that crowd was hot. However, I'm not holding my breath for this to continue. Hope it does, but yeah, I don't see it lasting past this week. Rampage was fun as well. Fight TV cut the ad break, so it was 45 minutes. So good. Hashtag LIW. It sure did. It's kind of yeah. weird, you know? But, yeah. yeah. Is it good night yeah. of wrestling, all in all? Um, Matthew Robinson says, uh, wow, the best storyline is still Roman Reigns. I just don't want to see the, the demon get beat. Uh, but AEW is pushing forward with the best lineup. WWE have to keep their game up at this level uh, minimally and must do even better than this. Yes. Yeah, I mean, if they, if they tried as hard as AEW did to put on good television, you could just get shows. Imagine if every show was this quality. Like Raw was great every week. SmackDown was great every week. I'm going to get in the gold boat discussion again that Luke and I had. You just mm. be good wrestling all around, and it pissed me off that we don't get that. Golden boat. Bazza Banks. Uh, it was called a super show because Raw stars were a dark matches. Charlotte beat Rhea to open, and McIntyre beat Corbin via DQ to close before Cena Mysterios versus Bloodline. You guys also missed a hug off between the Usos and Profits during commercial. It was brilliant fun. That does sound very fun. Yeah. Sounds like a very good show. I'm stunned that Cena was there, but, you know, whatever. Um, Matthew Robinson says, uh, I love what they're doing with Becky Lynch, and she has a valid point. Her name has been chanted for months, and now they're turning on her. This is great. The man as a heel could be magic. I agree. I think Becky could suit actually being a proper heel really well. They tried to do it, but people didn't want to boo her, so they had to change plans and put her as a babyface. Maybe now is the time they can do her as a proper heel. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Anonymous says, uh, Edge returns heel and Rollins turns babyface after realizing what he has done. Also, I love uh, Charlie. Uh, yep. It's not Charlie. It's Kayla. It's not Charlie. Charlie Caruso yeah. doesn't work that's, here that's, that's why it really confused me. I saw the name Charlie and I was like, I know that's wrong. But why is it wrong? I was like, because it's not Charlie Caruso. Kayla Braxton. Uh, keep bothering Paul Heyman for answers. Yes, I agree. Very funny. Um, I, don't, I don't need to see Edge turn heel again. He's turned no. like three times this year. Yes, and also Ron shouldn't be turning babyface because he beat someone up too much. Well, that's not <laughs> a reason to turn babyface. Um, Buddy15301 says, uh, Finn Balor as the Demon King has never lost a main roster match. With Lesnar versus Reigns' title story, does this feel like a burial of the Demon King with a loss similar to that of Bray Wyatt's The Fiend character? Possibly. Um, yeah, I mean, I have to see it first. Yeah. You know? They could they could work us all and get around this and have everyone coming out strong. I don't know how you would do that, but mm -hmm. uh, they're booking the show, not me. Yeah, Hannah Allen says, "Gents, I'm sure that's supposed to be a heart, but it's three greater than." <laughs> Close enough. Um, nothing about SmackDown. Haven't seen it. Rampage, on the other hand, guys. WTF? Wrestling is back for all of us to love. Flying Brian was excellent. This is how you treat talent. My love affair with AEW grows stronger. Lots of love. Hashtag LIW four 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 life. Thank you. Uh, James Newland says Andrade versus Pack underdelivered for me. It was hyped as absolutely amazing. It barely got started for me. They can both pull out so much more. Topped off with a weird finish. Tasers are okay to Andrade, but an iPad is too far. WTF. I disagree about it not getting started, but yeah. to each their own. Yeah, did you see that plancha that Andrade hit? I was watching this match with a friend, and he was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. I was like, that might be hyperbole, but he really liked it. Yeah. Uh, Dorks of Wrestling says, uh, my WWE fan brother tr uh, decided to watch Rampage with me today, and he was interested. He kept asking questions, e.g., that's Neville, right? 
etc. And he also liked the Max Caster rap comparing him to Cena. Support wrestler talk. <laughs> jam that jam and LIW for life. Smiley face. Thank you, dogs and wrestling. Uh, Finnish Inquisition says, hello, you fantastic bellends. What the hell? Uh, you are still heels, right? What's a heel? Um, Tempest, can you recommend uh, some good Minoru Suzuki matches? I saw him at AEW and I want to see more. He is so cool. Uh, off the top of my head, you can see him and uh, John Moxley from New Beginning in Osaka 2020. That's one of my favorite matches ever. Uh, his match with AJ Styles in the G1 in, I believe, 2014, one match of the year in the Observer Awards. It was excellent. Uh, his match with uh, Tanahashi at King of Pro Wrestling 2012, one match of the year in 2012. That is one of the best matches of all time, and one uh, made John Moxley want to go to New Japan. There's a bunch of them. Like, go to any G1 and just run through all the Suzuki matches against top opponents, and you won't be disappointed. Also, any match of Suzuki versus Ishii. <laughs> yes. Suzuki and Ishii, uh, Suzuki and Shingo, Suzuki and uh, Shibata, I think, wrestled a little bit. Mm. Any of those yeah. combinations are just, like, perfection. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Robinson says, Tempest, how was Chicago, and how much did you enjoy the cage match? Also, what was your favorite moment from All Out? Oh, that's so so tough. Um, Chicago was great. I love the cage match. I think it's the second best match I've ever seen live just behind the revolution tag. Uh, favorite moment from all out is very difficult. I'm, I kind of want to say Suzuki just cause oh, no really? one, no one expected that one. Like everyone was kind of like waiting for Ruby Soho and Cole and Brian and everything, but no one knew that I was sitting next to Sean Ross app and he was like, what Suzuki. Mm. So that was like, you know, he didn't know. So that was pretty cool. Uh, but I also, I did think that when I thought one of Daniel, uh, Danielson or, uh, Cole was going to debut after the punk match and then mm -hmm. they didn't. So I thought, okay, maybe one of them is going to be held off until Arthur Ashe and then doing them back to back after the main event. Oh, when Brian came out, yeah. I was like, let's go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. let's go. So one of those moments for sure. Uh, NS Ogre? Nsoga? Nso Insogre. I don't know. Andrade versus Pac was amazing live. Everything connected and was sold. Easy to, easy to believe they were doing it for real. Yeah, the crowd was super hot um, for Andrade Pack, which was awesome. Yeah, uh, we've got one that was yeah, uh, we got one that was missed off yesterday's uh, stream uh, from some stupid punk that says, uh, wow, it's reporter and part-time pop idol Tempest the Wrestler. Gotta say, Tempest, it was pretty cool hearing you in the media scrum and all out. Yep, finally nice to hear uh, one of the podcast folks at media. Only the one of you, just one. Oh, hi, Denise. Hashtag D-A-D. Unfortunately, he's not here, nor is Denise. But you're still there. Yeah, I, I am. It was very, very cool to be part of the, the media scrum and everything. Um, yeah, I'll I'll hold my tongue, but uh, some people can yeah. ask better questions. Yeah, um, Jelani Orella says, uh, "What's up, guys? I'm a longtime Russell Talk listener. I've been listening since my freshman year of high school. I know I'm very behind, but what's uh, with the obsession with Jam? As in Jam that Jam? I never understood the reference. Thanks for getting me through my 12-hour night shifts. Thanks for all you do. Okay, <laughs> I don't have much time because we're already overrun by 15 minutes. There's a video. I think uh, best of Quizzlemania." Best of Quizlemania 2020 is a video that's up on a, sh on a channel somewhere. Look that up and you'll find towards the start, I think it was on one of the first Quizlemanias, there's a round where you have to pick tattoos. You have to identify a wrestler's tattoo just by the picture. And there's a Hulk Hogan tattoo that says, I am that I am, but it looks like it says jam that jam. That's literally the whole joke. And we've just run with it forever. Yep. Now I've got a tattoo that says jam that jam. 
It's funny how life works, isn't it? Absolutely wild. Um, Charles Berg says, uh, as a New Yorker, today has a lot of meaning. I remember that even though I lived in Brooklyn, I could smell the smoke. We had burnt papers from the world trade falling down. Friends of mine lost family that day. Thankfully, my family was safe. Never forget. Absolutely. Never forget. Uh, Robert Waters says, uh, the Suzuki and Okada match, uh, in the rain. Can't remember when it was. Just remember loving it. Also Suzuki versus Riddle at Bloodsport was good. IMO. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Suzuki mm. and Okada in the rain for Suzuki's anniversary match. Very cool. Very cool visual too. Just these guys drenched in a soaking wet ring. Cool stuff. Alright, Tempest, I've been waiting for a whole hour for the review. Now I want to know what's that Chicago story that you want to tell. So I probably would have told this story earlier if I had just remembered it, but there's so much mm-hmm. that, that has happened in Chicago. Too that, many uh, good memories. Too many, too many stories. <laughs> oh, it's hard to keep track of them all. But Th- my memory one time was in gone. Chicago. Mm-hmm. My memory has been jogged, though, um, due to a, uh, a post from Sean Ross Sapp on Instagram. Of course. As we left Rampage last Friday, mm-hmm. and the car, this wrestling media clown car of Sean Ross Sapp, <laughs> Kayla, Alex, Zenya, and myself, mm-hmm. Church of Joshi Girls, a Tempest the Wrestler, and yep. a Sean Ross Sapp walk into a wrestling show. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. We all cram into this car and we're going to GCW. Yep. We've gone We've gone to uh, the Church of Joshi Girls uh, Hotel. They need to do something. And oh. Sean Ross Sapp turns off his car. We wait. They get back in. We go. We're probably about two minutes from the building and we're kind of running a bit late. We know mm-hmm. that we've, I think we've missed the first match. Okay. I don't, I don't remember what the first match was. It was like a, a scramble of some sort, but we know that that's not in the cards anymore. We've missed that, but we're trying to get there in a speedy fashion and we're going and we see a bunch of blue and red lights Uh-oh. behind us. And we're just like, Oh shit. Now, <laughs> I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. We're we're all just kind of hanging out and we're crammed in the back of this car. So mm-hmm. immediately yeah. myself, Kayla, and Zenya are like, where's the seatbelt? Where's the seatbelt? <laughs> God. Where's the seatbelt? We all mask up really quick. Yeah, yeah. You know, because we're all just friends hanging out. Sure. Wear your seatbelts, kids. But I mean, come on, you know, you're you're cram packed in the back of a of a car. Sometimes it's it's difficult to find the buckle and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh we all we all get buckled up and Cotman walks up and of course we're all just like God damn it. We're gonna be even more late to this show now. Yeah. And finally roll down the window and just like hey, how you guys do today? I'm just like piss off cop. I trust you. This is America. And he walks up and he's like you, you know you're uh, driving without your headlights on. <laughs> and Sean just never turned his lights back on after the hotel. And we were just... Oh, and, everything was lit. and we turned down this one street. And 
Yep, sure enough, it's just totally black. And he's like, I did not even notice. So Cotman walks back to his car, spends about 15 minutes dicking around, and comes back and gives uh, gives SRS his his little write-up. It wasn't like a ticket, but it was just like, here, just like pay 50 bucks and be on your way. And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And we take off. And we get we get to GCW and immediately like we're looking for parking. We roll down the window and Alley Catch is is walking around. It's like, you guys just want this like big cup of vodka? And we're like, no, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, thanks. That's fine. I mean, half, half the people in that car don't drink anyway. Yeah. But, and I was like, I don't like vodka at all. But mm-hmm. that was our that was our day of getting pulled over by a cop on the way to GCW with five wrestling personalities in a car. It just seems like the intro to a bit. Yeah, totally. Well on Sean. Yeah. Idiot. Drive <laughs> <laughs> that headlights on. What a moron. Um <clears throat> don't tell him I said that. Um it, I'm still super jealous. Did you see um, Denise ring announcing then at GCW? Yes. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. It was That's very so cool. cool. She does so many gigs. How does she do it? I don't know. I don't know how she manages to be that busy all the time. Yeah. Like it's it's and- actually insane how much work she does on a regular basis. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was really cool. You know, and she did commentary. For the main mm-hmm. event, death match with G Raver. Awesome. Just, you know, little unassuming Denise. Just, yeah, I'm doing commentary for this death match. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be here for this match. This is yeah. not my bag, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and Sean was kind of the same way. And we were just watching this match from like 20 feet away. I can't imagine sitting ringside or anything, but they're yeah. like smashing light tubes over each other's head. And he smashes a light tube and like this chunk off of the bottom, like comes flying into the crowd, goes over our heads, but not by much. And we were like, oh, God, (laughs) Jesus, Sean picks it up and it's like the end of it. And it's like got a jagged bit coming off of it. He he went over to the the church of Joshi girls. He's like, look what I've got. (laughs) (laughs) A good time, at least. It's it's kind of insane how generally unsafe wrestling shows are for fans. Yep. <laughs> it's wild. Like it's all well and good the wrestlers not being safe because they're the wrestlers, they've signed up for that. But like <laughs> just the fans sitting there, you might get stabbed in the eye with a bit of light tube. Yeah. Not our fault. Oh, before we before we have to get out of here, a five second good. story that was the highlight yeah. of my whole trip Go at that it. GCW show took a piss next to Warlord. Nice. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> nice. That's you need. Yep. Went That's to the bathroom boring. and was like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's all <laughs> like, Yeah. Oh, my God. There you go. Out nice. of Chicago. That's a good story. I'm sure we, we might still have more. Probably more stories from all the, the pictures and the videos and the having a good time um we might have more of those at some point i guess but that's going to do it for this episode of the Russell talk podcast thank you very much for listening everyone be back soon with a lot more content coming soon uh it's going to be a busy month september because luke's going to be off soon his due date is today or his wife's due date i should say is today so it literally could be any time now 
goodness me. But uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys for more content soon. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. We love you very much. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.